If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, I'm Mike Brees, and on this week's podcast, my wife drags me to the dullest, stupidest tourist attraction on the face of the earth. She drags me everywhere, man, sometimes by the hair, man, forgot my underwear, man, this just isn't fair, man, I don't want to go there, man, what am I doing here? Been to Ukraine, Bahrain, Syria, Algeria, North Korea, South Korea, North Pole, South Pole, North Dakota, South Dakota, Spain, and Maine, and Iran, Iraq, Israel, India, Hunan, Wuhan, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, bottom of the Atlantic, Titanic, what a panic. Drags me everywhere, man, sometimes by the hair, man, forgot my underwear, man, this just isn't fair, man, I don't want to go there, man, what am I doing here? We were in a comedy club in northern England. The MC asked what brought me there. I replied, we came to see Hadrian's Wall. <laughs> My choice of vacation got the biggest laugh in the comedy club that night. Uh-oh. Hadrian's Wall is also known by the ungainly nickname, the Great Wall of China of England. My friend Jessica spent four days hiking the length of it and told me I just had to do it. This is why you should never recommend anything to anyone ever, ever, ever. Take my friend Fred. Yes, I have two friends. Fred told me I must see the Broadway musical The Girl from North Country. This was a jukebox musical featuring the songs of Bob Dylan that no one has ever heard of. Even Bob Dylan said, What? I wrote that? It takes place in Duluth, Minnesota and was written by an Irish playwright, so everyone in Duluth sounds like they're from Donegal. The show is set in the 30s and manages to make the Great Depression even more depressing. It was the second worst musical I'd ever seen in my life. The second worst. I hated the show and I hate my friend Fred for recommending it. 40 years of friendship down the tubes. So at my friend Jessica's recommendation, we traveled to Newcastle, England. Gateway to Hadrian's Wall. The friendly hotel keeper greeted us with, I said, what? He said, I said, I see. I didn't see. It's an international rule of travel. If you don't get it the second time, you never will. Just nod and move on. The Newcastle accent is so distinctive it has its own name. Geordie, what does that mean? Nobody knows. Where does it come from? Nobody knows. Some say it's because they loved King George. 
So why are they Geordies and not Georgies? Nobody knows. A local man tried to explain it all to me, but I had no idea what the hell he was saying. Even reading the language was no help. A sign outside our hotel read, Pudding Chair. Now I know those words. I can visualize a pudding chair. It sounds comfortable, but messy. But in Newcastle, pudding means meat, and chair means street. We were on Meat Street, where all the butcher shops were. Except there were no butcher shops, just bars. You see, Geordie is a unique mix of Anglo-Saxon, Danish, a little bit of English, and a whole lot of alcohol. This is the drinkingest town I have ever seen in my life. The previous record holder was, now you won't believe this folks, in Ireland. The lovely city of Galway, Ireland is bisected by a two mile stretch of pubs. On weekends, the streets were paved with puke. And yet, if you lived in Galway and were going to have a bachelor party, you flew to Newcastle to have it. You actually had to get on a plane and fly 300 miles to find a drunker town. The pubs of Newcastle all advertise something called a treble. That's three triple shots of vodka, 13.5 ounces of pure alcohol, enough to make three guys too drunk to drive, all for $5. Every bar serves this, and every building is a bar. There's a Victorian underground men's toilet. They call it a urinal. That is now an upscale bar. It was so successful they turned the women's restroom into something called the gin closet. It's three feet wide, seats 15, and serves 45 kinds of gin. Just gin. One evening, I saw a drunken woman in a tube top who had no business being in a tube top. She was fighting with six cops and winning. As we walked the streets, every drunken man hit on my wife. Young guys, old guys, homeless men in wheelchairs, even one boozed up little boy. So cute. They all thought they had a shot with her, and maybe they did. By the way, they were all drunk at 2 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. These are friendly people, but they have a funny way of showing it. Their common greeting is, Are you okay? It panicked me every time I heard it. Are you okay? Why? Do I have food on my face? Am I bleeding? Am I on fire? They're nice folks. So fat and sloppily dressed you'd swear they were Americans. If they're overweight, it may be because they serve french fries or chips with everything. Kebabs, Chinese food. If you get a mammogram, it comes with a side of chips. The people of Newcastle are very proud of their achievements, even if they shouldn't be. A Newcastle man named Joseph Swan invented the light bulb. I thought that was Thomas Edison. Well, Swan invented a light bulb, not the light bulb. He invented the little fairy lights on your Christmas tree. Well, that's not the same thing. Mr. Swan's assistant invented the on-off switch. Really? So Joseph Swan invented the light bulb, but had no idea how to turn it off? He was just going to leave it on until it burned out? Um, we also invented the squeeze bottle of detergent. There is one true story that the locals are proud of, but they probably shouldn't be. In the early 19th century, a ship was found wrecked off the coast of Hartlepool, just north of Newcastle. The sole survivor of the wreck was a monkey, which the locals mistook for a Frenchman. 
Mind you, this was not the Dark Ages. This was the same time Wordsworth and Lord Byron were cranking out poetry about 60 miles away. The people of Hartlepool put the monkey on trial for espionage. When it was unable to answer their questions in court, they hanged it as a spy. They're proud of this story. The local rugby team is called the Monkey Hangers. Their mascot is a monkey named Hangus. In 2002, a candidate for mayor dressed up like poor Hangus, promising free bananas to school children. He got elected. Twice. And he never even delivered on the bananas. We couldn't put it off any longer. We booked a day trip to Hadrian's Wall, which turned out to be nowhere near Newcastle. The tour began with a visit to an old Roman fort, or what they claimed was an old Roman fort. It was just a bunch of random rocks on the ground. Our guide walked us through it, pointing out different arrangements. This was the barracks. This was the hospital. This was a latrine. Sure, whatever. What is interesting is that every single Roman fort is exactly the same. It was pretty smart. You could move a Roman soldier from Germany to Gaul to Abyssinia, and he always knew his way around. Roman forts are like T-Rex skeletons. Every museum has a T-Rex, and they all look alike. They're all posed in the same aggressive crouch. You've never seen one drinking a beer, or wearing a sombrero, or a T-Rex with a mustache. It's the same with Roman forts. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. And that day they took us to see two. These were time killers, building up to the grand event of the day. The attraction we had taken a plane, to a plane, to a train, to a bus, to a two-mile walk, to a van to see. Hadrian's Wall. In a lifetime of travel, this was my single greatest disappointment. It's a wall! It's about three feet high and three feet wide. It looks exactly like the miles and miles and miles of stone walls farmers have built all over this region. The only difference is that Hadrian built this wall in 122 AD. Why? Nobody knows. They say it was to keep the Scots out, but there wasn't a Scot within 50 miles of this thing. It didn't keep the Scottish weather out either. I haven't mentioned Scotland on this podcast, so let's do a mini episode. She drags me everywhere, man, sometimes by the hair, man, forgot my underwear, man, this just isn't fair, man, I don't want to go there, man, what am I doing here? Scotland is one big horror movie of a country. It's gray, wet, and foggy, and a constant wind howls. Get the fuck out of Scotland. What am I doing here? Our day at Hadrian's Wall was like that. Our guide warned us. The mizzle is coming in. Mizzle is apparently their word for mist and drizzle. Here's a true fact. The British have 57 different words for rain. They need more. The wall didn't keep the Scots out or the weather out. In fact, it couldn't keep much of anything out. Although it cuts across the middle of England, it stops short of the coast. Invading armies could just walk around it. Hadrian's Wall ends in a city named Wall's End. <laughs> what a coincidence! Wall's End is also the hometown of Sting. He used it as the setting for The Last Ship, a musical with the dopiest plot in Broadway history. Here it is. 
An English shipbuilding plant is shutting down and all the workers cry, This is the only work we've ever known. So naturally, they lock themselves in the plant so they can produce one last ship. Because we all know how factory work is so much fun, people will do it for free. Of course, steel is not free, and they're using a hundred million dollars worth to make the ship. But then the local priest says, I'll pay for it with the money from the church rectory fund. Because this small town priest was about to build a hundred million dollar rectory, but he embezzled it instead. All this might be cute in a Brigadoon-type musical, but the last ship is supposed to be gritty and realistic, like, uh, well, the girl from North Country. This is what makes the end of the play truly mind-boggling. The workers finish building the ship, and only then do they realize, Yep, none of us know how to sail a boat. This was just now occurring to them. Luckily, the local prizefighter says, I know how to sail a boat. So the entire town climbs onto the HMS Rectory and somehow sail out of the factory right into the ocean. This is supposed to be a happy ending, as long as you forget that an entire town is now adrift to sea on a ship without furniture, luggage, or food. They'll all be dead in a week. That's why The Last Ship is the worst Broadway musical I ever saw. The worst. Where was I? Oh yeah, standing in a cold mizzle at Hadrian's stupid wall. I asked how long it was, and the guide said, It's 80 Roman miles long. Roman miles? What's that? Do I look like a Roman? Actually, you do, sir. With your dark eyes, large nose, and your wee squat body. How long is 80 Roman miles? 70 miles. If they were going to use made-up notation... Why not say it's 50,000 mouse meters long? The fact is, Hadrian's Wall is just 1 20th the length of the Great Wall of China. Now, the Great Wall is a great friggin' wall. Jerusalem's Wailing Wall is also worth a visit. It was built by King Solomon. Sammy Davis Jr.'s son was bar mitzvahed there. And it's a setting for one of my favorite old jokes. A rabbi sees an Irish priest at the Wailing Wall and tells him, Any prayer you make at the Wailing Wall will come true. And the priest says, Well, I wish for peace in the Middle East. And the rabbi says, From your lips to God's ears. And the priest says, And I want the Arabs and Israelis to live together as brothers. And the rabbi says, And so it shall be done. And the priest says, And I pray that Israel gives back the land it took from Egypt in the Six-Day War. And the rabbi says, You're talking to a wall. What Am I Doing Here was written and performed by Mike Reese and produced by me, Josh Perillo, with guest voices by the funny and talented Raul Coley and Brian O'Loughlin Walsh. The theme song was written and performed by Jimmy Joe Natoli. Been to Libya, Bolivia, Alabama, Panama, Hong Kong, Lebanon, Saigon, Kazakhstan, Ethiopia, Patagonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Bogota, Colombia, Guatemala, Kilimanjaro, Kenya, China, Chile, Chernobyl, Uncasville, Mobile, Springfield, what a deal. She drags me everywhere, man, sometimes by the hair, man, forgot my underwear, man, this just isn't fair, man, I don't want to go there, man, she drags me everywhere, what am I doing here? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.